Welcome to Main Street Banking, a podcast for community bankers brought to you by the Barrett School of Banking and ICBA Securities. My name is Byron Earnhardt, and I'm the Programming Director at Barrett. It is our mission here to serve the community banking industry with information that is informative, relevant, and hopefully we'll have a little fun along the way. So, from Memphis, Tennessee, home of banking, blues, and barbecue, welcome to our little corner of the community banking world. And we hope that we can make your bank, your staff, or maybe just even your day a better one. Okay, and welcome back to Main Street Banking. Uh, today we are starting out on one of my favorite topics on ag lending, uh, bringing back some familiar voices to the Barrett uh, to the Barrett world, the Main Street Banking world. We have Dr. David Cole and and Tim Oldie. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Why don't y'all take a minute to introduce yourselves and uh, about your respective organizations? Well, I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm Dave Cole from Virginia Tech, and uh, uh, I've been in uh, teaching banking uh, for six decades now. I'll be at the LSU Graduate School of Banking uh, teaching for the 31st year. Uh, Part of it will be virtual. Some will be face-to-face. Yeah. Well, good morning, Byron and Dr. Cole. Uh, Great to join everybody again. uh, Tim Oldie here, uh, Country Banker Systems. we work with loan analytics, uh, provide loan software to uh, banks for commercial and ag lending uh, throughout uh, multiple states. And so uh, it's uh, it's exciting to be able to be part of the podcast. I've been CEO of that company for over 10 years. Also come to you with a uh, commercial banking background, CEO of a community bank. Uh, Going to hit year number 37 uh, coming up this spring. Uh, time flies. And uh, this last year marked 20 years of teaching uh, in different states, uh, focusing on ag lending. And so uh, those are those are my three favorite worlds. Well, and, and Tim is um, and Tim is being way too modest. Uh, he is actually uh, uh, doing our Ag 101. He did that last year. That's still available for for purchase. And then coming up on starting April 19th, he's doing our Ag 201, going into cash flow and more advanced stuff. The ratings have been great. There's been a lot of great feedback from our Ag lending stuff, uh, our Ag lending programming that we have. So. Um, both of these gentlemen know what they're talking about when it comes to the ag and the ag economics of the ag lending world. So we're we're glad to have them as friends of Barrett and friends of the podcast. So while we while we've got them here, let's get into it, uh, gentlemen. In general, how are things looking on the ag front this year as we kind of kick the year off? Well, I'll take a stab at it, Tim, and then turn the baton over to you. I will say, uh, being involved. Uh, Anybody involved with the grain sector, they're having their best year since the great commodity super cycle about 10, 12 years ago. Uh, Talked to Dr. Steve Isaac over at the University of Kentucky, and of course, they're getting the farm record data in uh, on their analysis system. And he said, grain farmers are doing extremely, extremely well. And you combine that with the stimulus checks, um, land values are holding. Livestock sector, they're feeling a margin pinch right now because costs are going up. And uh, uh, of course, anyone uh, involved with agriculture, we're getting sticker shock now with inflation. Uh, I know uh, our uh, central banker, Mr. Powell, uh, says uh, inflation is uh, under control. I say there's segment inflation. Uh, our fuel costs are up 30% and our fertilizer costs uh, are going up daily. Tim, I'll turn it over to you uh, to give them some good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you're right in terms of, of the cropping sector. Uh, what, a, what a turn on a dime. 
uh, the last fall uh, as we, we went through the pandemic and didn't know what the what the end of the world was going to be in terms of the end of the year is what our world is going to be. Uh, but a lot of government cash coming in on top of if you're fortunate to be in an area had good production into a market at harvest time that continued to go up. Uh, and so some, a lot of people took great advantage of that. Uh, from a from a banker standpoint, I have never seen the amount of cash growth when you take a 10 to 13 percent in less than nine months that your asset base as a bank grows of cash that comes into the bank uh, from all walks of life it, is is pretty eye opening to see that, and and to see the amount of cash that's in in producers' hands uh, out there, uh, at least from from our standpoint viewpoint that I talk to other bankers. Uh, in, in 37 years banking, uh, this is probably the uh, most consistent year that we do our uh, financial reviews. Uh, so we reviewed over 50 credits here in, in February with our bank in central Kansas, um, all positive equity changes, all positive working capital changes. And, and they may be negative working capital, but they improved on it. I have not seen, um, you know, livestock, as we said, there's thin margins. If there's some stress, it's right there. But overall, uh, it, it's, it's pretty, uh, what, what started out to be a year of trepidation with the pandemic from the cropping standpoint has ended extremely strong uh, and, and setting up the stage uh, for some opportunity in many areas that, I, that we'll be diving into here. Wow. You're saying all positive equity changes. That's that's impressive. Um, what are some things that, and you mentioned it with the inflation cost uh, in the segmented inflation cost, but what are some things that ag lenders need to be looking out for in this year? Tim, I'll take a shot at it. That, uh, one of the things is uh, how are they using that one-off income, <laughs> those stimulus checks? And uh, one of the things, uh, it's being baked right into cash rents. Uh, second thing is people are making long-term decisions based off uh, one-off income, that'll get you, I don't care if it's small business or agriculture business, it'll get you into trouble. And uh, I think the lenders really need to say, what did they do with that one-off income? And uh, I think that's gonna be real critical as we assess credits going out toward 2025. Tim? Exactly, and right along with cash flows being uh, strong, our cash flows, cash rents being strong, our real estate prices being really bolstered. Uh, and, and some upcoming real estate sales and uh, in, in seeing uh, that aspect of the market. Good news for bankers. Uh, the issues I think uh, ag lenders need to be very careful of, in addition of, of what you're talking about, Dr. Cole, and, and using that one-time income, do not grow complacent with stress credits that were stressed a few years ago or credits that needed some correcting. I've talked to a lot of lenders that are breathing a sigh of relief right now. <laughs> Because of what happened this last fall, well, hey, don't take your eye off the ball. You know, even though we've 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 got higher price corn, higher price beans, you know, cash flows are looking pretty good. Stress the cash flows. Take this as an opportunity to write that working capital ship, and and being sure the borrower addresses underlying fundamentals. So when this cycles back down, those credits that were stressed credits, you've made the correction now, and man, you're, we're given that perfect opportunity. We we have something to work with. Uh, and so to me, for lenders, it's, it's don't be complacent just because the stress and the pressure has gone off and some credits, keep the pedal there, keep working with it. 
And right along with that, Tim, watch out for non-traditional sources of credit. I know a number of uh, producers purchased uh, machinery and equipment to what? Minimize taxes. And so you've got to look at these, uh, what we call alternative uh, sources of credit. Sometimes they're not reported on the balance sheet. And so be cognizant of that. And uh, one of the things that's going to ha- hit all of us, the tax man's coming. <laughs> uh, you can't uh, keep writing these big stimulus checks. And boy, we are going to be hit with not only local, state, and federal taxes, but boy, they're going to shift these to state tax back. Uh, you can feel that one loud and clear, you know, where it's 11 million plus uh, per individual. She may go to one to five million. So they better keep their eye on the ball and our lenders better keep the eye on the ball on um, some of these uh, potential changes that could impact this 2022-2023. Which, which has just a great a significant impact on transition planning and operations moving forward, keeping that in front of your customer because on the estate planning, as you pointed out, that is a significant, can be a significant change as our government looks for uh, for the tax revenues uh, to be able to uh, to support what's happened out there. Uh, and so couldn't, couldn't agree with you more, Dr. Cole. Yeah, and, it, and Tim, excuse me on that, Brian. You're going to be stepping up the, you know, step up and, uh, you know, capital gains tax. Uh, boy, that uh, agriculture producers are going to be right in crosshairs. And that is going to uh, impact cash flow and working capital. Great points, gentlemen. Thank you all for bringing that up. And, you know, and that gets back to just good old fashioned um, cross selling and cross enterprise, um, bring, bringing, uh, bringing the right players to, to your customers, um, trust department, financial advisors, making sure they're up to speed on some of these, because if Dr. Cole, you hit the nail on the head, you know, if we start dropping this estate tax limits down to a million or 5 million, that hits our farmer's pretty quickly with the rate with the way these values are going so really excellent point and start thinking about what that's going to do to your future cash flows when they're already thin Ooh, that's a problem um great points on that thank you uh we always seem to come back to the business side of the farm the managing expenses maximizing revenues i know that's one of dr cole's favorite uh, favorite points there what advice would you give ag lenders both new and experienced about working with producers in this area well, I would just tell them, uh, if this is one of the things that kind of concerns me. Uh, I think uh, agricultural lending and all lending, but particularly agriculture, is a combination of art and science. Mm. Don't take the uh, uh, foot off the pedal. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing a big danger is what I call inbox lending. Check the boxes and we'll make them alone. Uh, boy, mistakes are made there. And uh, also, I would suggest... Uh, agriculture lenders, what's going to be the plan after government supports? Uh, uh, what's going to be the plan if these carbon payments start picking up toward the mid-decade, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, so, and the other thing is make sure you line up with the new customers that are coming on. In other words, within a family. In other words, we're passing the baton from senior generation to the younger generation. Make sure you have that strategic alignment. And if it's in the grain industry, I think we've mentioned this on previous webcasts. We set grain marketing back five years because people left money on the table. Following that plan will pay off eight of 10 years. Tim? Absolutely. And, and, you know, we're seeing, and I've talked to a lot of bankers. In fact, talked to one just a few minutes for the podcast 
about the competitive interest rate pressure and, and how can I extend my, my maturity? How can I extend fixed rate, protect the bank, but yet try to match? And, and going back to that checkbox lending, a lot of conversation I've had with bankers in the last 30 days going, hey, just a minute, time out. Let's look at building value. Uh, you, know, you know, a race to the lowest interest rate, sure, we want the customer, but economically, uh, in my opinion, not the best approach for the bottom line for a bank. And, and so use this time to really communicate and really bring out the value uh, with that relationship. And that goes back to keeping that analysis consistent. You know, as I mentioned earlier, keep the, keep the pedal down, keep doing that good job with people and, and bringing that uh, in front of them. The other thing uh, I think that lenders really need to be cognizant of, and we saw it uh, in 2012 where we had the highest increase in family living, I think in about 20 years of, of record keeping, if I remember right. Um, it, not that we're going to see the high level of family living, but oftentimes when you have good times and seeing the swing of cash that there's been, uh, you know, keeping disciplined uh, with what's being drawn out of the business and monitoring monitoring what's being drawn out of the business, as well as doing your variance testing with the other costs. You know, we just talked about inflation hitting. Dr. Cole, you talked about fertilizer prices. We're reading an article this morning, 60% plus in cases. You know, energy, uh, what a change in that that sector uh, and how that can ripple through agriculture. Uh, don't take the eye off the line-by-line items with cash flows, but also the variance cash flows. Because one of the dangers I can see happening this year is we get uh, just a, away from that management and we get six to nine months down the road and then we start focusing in all these cross costs have crept in and all of a sudden it's like where we thought we have margin, we don't have margin. It dissipated because we took our eye off the ball and it can happen that fast. And, and the thing is, Tim, the credit risk uh, is about four times greater when you have uh, good economic times. <laughs> because again, people take the foot off the bottom. Tim, you brought up something. That's where your software program is very beneficial, doing the financial benchmarking, uh, you know, kind of comparing the ratios, doing the business IQ, which we've talked about in previous webcasts. It's something that you can add value out there that the other lenders don't. And uh, so hopefully, Hopefully, uh, uh, these our banking schools and our lending schools out here, uh, we train in this area, and I hope the bank does not take the foot off the pedal on training. Well, and absolutely, and, and one of the areas that we, we've emphasized uh, with our company and rolling out and reminding people, it, it, it doesn't take much to go a step further in a projected cash flow to, to do some enterprise analysis and bring that right to the marketing level and bring it across and, and keeping that in front of people. So you don't, as you talked about Dr. Cole, having that marketing complacency, but taking advantage of that and, and focusing on, on that margin and, and just taking a little extra effort with those tools that we have that are there uh, to help, help make the year a very solid year for folks. And that's funny. You mentioned that Tim, just before the podcast, uh, what was I doing? Uh, enterprise analysis on our dairy creamery, ice cream, and, and we're doing repricing on milk. Uh, and again, with this inflating cost, uh, cost production is moving. It's evolving and you can't take your foot off the pedal because you could be upside down very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think, Dr. Cole, your statement there that you made about credit in good times, credit risk increasing four times. 
as a lint that scares me <laughs> and I, I and tim i bet you're the same way sitting there from as a lint oh gosh that, i mean it's just this, the, the stomach just tightened up thinking about that and i you know I, I think clearly i've got a you know vested interest in don't not taking the the foot off the pedal with education but i do think you know now is even the best time particularly with we're starting to see that next generation of ag lenders come online come up and bankers beginning to take that next step saying, Hey, you know, we got to build that next, the farmers are starting to transition. We got to start transitioning lenders too. Um, that that's even in the good times is when we've got to start bringing those, the training to bear, bringing, you know, how to do the cross selling with the, with the trust. I think that's a good topic too. We may do some content around that. Um, but I think that's a um, very good points. Gentlemen, I know we're, we're, we're kind of crunched on time, but what um, could you, let's wrap up with some things. Why don't y'all tell us a little bit about what's going on with country banker, Dr. Cole, what some of the things you're working on uh, what's, what's going on and what are y'all up to? Uh, well, we're uh, in our organization. We've just been been really exciting as we're getting out to our clients, uh, just even further deepening in, in credit risk rating and and bringing some some really uh, we're really focused on having people look at averages versus a current score into where they're we're trending and but putting a lot of emphasis on a cash adjusted accrual income statements uh, and and really getting that word out to people in terms of a differentiator uh, in terms of the bottom line. Uh, we brought back. It's been years ago. Uh, but we brought back a, a government payments ratio uh, looking uh, about four different angles as to, you know, if you look at government payments, what percentage this last year was it of your payments or multiples of it? You know, what percentage of your family living to cover or multiples of it? Uh, what percentage of the bottom line, if you took it out, would be gone? All of it plus maybe half of it. Uh, what percentage of your operating expense where I'm putting a new twist on it. I'm saying, you know, you got the government payments. How much of that paid for your operating? Was it 25, 30, 35%? You know, and, and just to, to take different angles of looking at and speaking to people, as Dr. Cole talked about earlier, if those leave, those dissipate, what are the impacts going to be? So, so those are a couple of things that we're doing, uh, working with clients, uh, working with banks and, and, and keeping the, uh, if you will, uh, the pedal to it and, and, um, making this year a good year uh, for lenders uh, with consistent and uniform analysis. And, and Tim, I'll build upon that. You know, we have to uh, be cognizant of how it impacts um, uh, the rural businesses out there. It's just not the farmers. Uh, right. This will come back and impact. It has a multiplier effect, and so it ripples through the community. You know, since uh, – you know, last spring when we shut down, actually about this time of year, we've done 100, 172 Zoom and webcasts, uh, not only throughout the United States, Canada, but throughout the world. We actually have people from South Africa, uh, uh, Switzerland on. And uh, as I kind of look at the world right now, it's a very, very uncertain time, but uncertain times also brings opportunity. And again, if you're adaptable, flexible, but follow a process and focused, uh, you're going to be okay. And uh, one of the hottest things, of course, we talked about the business IQ in the last podcast. We took it a step further. University of Kentucky, we applied it to their database, Tim Accrual Adjusted. And uh, what we found was there was a, uh, a correlation between the business IQ score and uh, rate of return on asset, operating expense revenue ratio, coverage ratio, as well as debt to asset ratio and 
it was statistically significant. And uh, uh, so we're going to take that and even go further. I'm trying to talk uh, Dr. Isaac's son, Ben, going on to uh, grad school. So that's been very, very exciting. So, hey, it's been great to be on the podcast. Uh, I really encourage uh, folks to sign up for Tim's. Uh, you know, uh, what, uh, 201. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, also, <clears throat> I got to give a plug for the Graduate School of Banking down at uh, LSU. And uh, uh, it's a great educational venue. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the message gets back to our banks. We've got to keep education and training and transfer not only knowledge, but wisdom uh, in the art and science of agricultural lending. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, we've got, we'll have the, the Ag 201 registration link in the show notes. Go ahead uh, to click onto that. We'll have Tib on there. It's been a, it was 101 was, was, <clears throat> was fantastic. Got a lot of great feedback on that. So it's going to pick right back up. So if you didn't get 101, go to our, go to our website at barrettbanking.org, pick that up and then you'll be right in right on time for, for 201. Gentlemen, Thank you so much for your time. I know we had to kind of negotiate some, a quick window here. Appreciate that. Um, and I really appreciate y'all's continued support of Barrett and, and all that we've been doing here. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Byron. Well, that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out on the latest episode. We'd also appreciate a five-star rating as well, as that will help get the content out to more listeners. We appreciate ICBA Securities for their sponsorship, and if you would like to know more about quality investment products, services, and education at competitive prices, check out their website at icbasecurities.com. And finally, if you don't follow Barrett on our social media platforms, be sure to check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook to stay up to date with all the cool new things that we've got coming up. And as always, from Memphis, Tennessee, the home of banking, blues, and barbecue, thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you have a great day.